0: What up y'all, welcome to another episode of the Slim Cogcast, it is at Slim Cognito and let me just tell you something real quick, alright come in a little closer, come in a little bit closer, alright so, I want to talk about this right now I don't want to preface no intro, no nothing, but I've been watching Better Call Saul man, I'm on like hold up. I'm on season 5 man I've just been blitzing this shit and it's been amazing man, like the, the the journey of Saul is so good. Now, of course, you had to be careful with this show because it could get you in a comfort of thinking that excuse me. That thinking that um you could really get away with anything or talk your way out of anything. And for those who actually can. Then congratulations, because then it's true for them. But I, yeah, I don't. I, I hope this show didn't make anybody think that they actually can. But they really do a good job of showing you different personalities clashing with the familiar personalities we know. Uh, Saul Goodman, A.K.A. Jimmy McGill, is basically the example of the everyday working man who doesn't exactly fit into the system and it makes sense to me because this guy he he's he's always been a hustler baby basically he's always knew how to survive when he didn't have much you know and it makes sense because most people don't get to just get full rides through college and get to do the profession that they study and all this and that and knowing who they are and knowing what they want to do in life you know there's a lot of people who don't really know what they want to do in life until you know after that window of college opportunity and then suddenly up, uh, you know everybody's looking at you some type of way and your competition is a bunch of teenagers that you know just went through i mean who knows who knows i don't know everything about all of that but what i'm getting at is Saul's character has been shown time and again that going doing things by the book never worked for him And I think that's indicative of the fact that he is a realist. He whenever he speaks about things, whenever he's in a conversation, you can tell that he's taking his time to really consider the true facts and then how many of those facts are actually important. And then how can I use this information to benefit me? And that's how Saul thinks, you know? And it's nothing wrong with thinking that way because one of the main things about being, uh, you know, socially corporate and all that others, like, like, you know what I mean? Like posturing especially, I imagine, especially amongst the lawyers, teachers, uh, you know, all these other law-abiding types of lifestyles. The thing about that is they know that the rules cannot be followed by every letter. They know it, but they cover it up and hide it while punishing others for not suffering through the delusion of trying to go by and live by the book. It's very, very deep in that sense. And Saul is the one the one issue with Saul is that sometimes they say he can come off like a con man, but he does honest work and he helps people. It's just no way to confirm nor deny what his real intentions are in it because it's shady economic practices. You know what I mean? It's 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 him selling stuff on a corner in the alleyway, this and this. And of course he has done some bad. Let's be real. He has hustled some people real raw. But um eh, I say he does more bad than good. I don't think he and, and the people that he take advantage of usually they're like some scumbags, you know, sleazy people that's got it coming to him, you know? Because What's what's the the best hubris is when people think that they could get away with taking advantage of people and never getting caught. But man, it's so delicious to see them get their shit wrecked. I love to see somebody get wrecked when they when they think they' too good. You feel me? When they think they like just better better than everybody else, simply because whether they you know abusing intelligence or abusing like brawn to get over on people. And you see it happen time and again because it, even if you look at Nacho Vargas, right? Nacho Vargas, his character is very dynamic because it shows that he was loyal to the family, he did what he had to do. But his loyalty to the family started to come into conflict with his loyalty to his grandfather. And his grandfather was being a real shit, to be honest. <laughs> but um, what was his name? Hector? And um, the thing about Hector is he's very old school and traditional. While the guys have been running this thing without him, they know how it really goes. And, you know, Tuco was locked up for being stupid. So and he got his senses extended. So it's, it's, it's like everything is on taco right now. And Taco's handling the business very well, I gotta say. Um, he's taking some L's, he's you know gotten some W's, he's setting some things in order, etc. But there's always someone on the outside playing. And Gustavo Fring having Taco in his pocket is there's always this never-ending struggle to find out. Okay, is he taking advantage of him? Is he just trying to keep tabs on him to make use of him when he needs him? Or is this a leg up in order to control the Vargas family and operate how you want? Like it's, it's that's the, the beauty of Gustavo Fring's character is that you never really know what his intentions are. You know? And it's dope like that, I love that. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, but here's another thing that's amazing about the show that I like is, um, what's this girl's name, Kim? Kim Wexler. Uh, Kim is such, a great example of a strong positive female character right next to him she has a a character progression as well and uh, her character growth was basically learning she was also trapped in the living by the book type of lifestyle and by going by the book people ahead of you and above you they know the book better than you do and they know how to use it against you so they use that in order to gatekeep and keep you down the same way chuck did to Saul or jimmy and see her time at the hhm meant that they were taking advantage of her getting the best out of her and a moment that she made one little mistake that wasn't even really her fault they demoted her all the way back down to the bottom for the smallest stupidest shit. so that tells you right there that she was literally losing her mind up in there she felt like she was only in service to money she was trying to kiss ass and brown nose to the people at the top the people at the top was constantly punishing her for no reason and now in comes jimmy to teach her a different way of things and it's like this doing this stuff by the people by the people who set this up it's not made for you to win and he taught her how to win and made her a better woman for it and that's the beautiful thing. That's the most beautiful thing ever because it shows they they love to paint Jimmy in a negative light, saying that he's this or that. But I guarantee you, as a lawyer, when you look at it, let's let's look at it factually, okay? As uh, defense attorneys and prosecutors, uh, not prosecutors, but uh, pro- prosecute. Pro- oh boy, I about to say prostitution. So defense attorneys and prosecutors. <laughs> the thing about them is. Imagine if you're a defense attorney and your client is actually innocent by every meaning of the word, but the prosecutor decides to forge evidence in court and you have no defense against it. It makes your client look bad and you lose the case. All right, what would you do then? What do you do then? This innocent man's about to get locked up and things are getting, you know, messed up worse. So it shouldn't be a bad idea to have to combat that or fight against that. You understand? It shouldn't be a bad idea to like, like it, it shouldn't be a bad idea to see a person go outside the rules in order to do good. That's the reason why the hero Batman is so popular and Superman is not. Superman is all the way outside of human rules by being all powerful, super powerful, more powerful than anybody else on planet Earth. But he obeys all the rules and don't exact no justice. And people still give him excuses. Meanwhile, Batman breaks a few arms and refuse not to kill. No different than Superman and anybody else. And, and suddenly they just throw in the book at him because he's not being the punishment. This is the beauty of the writing from Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. They show regular everyday people having to become more than themselves in order to become more than the system that let them down. And I understand it completely. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. Especially when a system conditions you to be nothing but a part of it. It's 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 a shame. It's downright shame. It's crazy. So, yeah. Look at it like this. So far right now, uh, Saul, the, the last big event that happened was... Um, well, no. I want to discuss uh, the relationship between uh, Jimmy, a.k.a. Saul, with his brother, uh, Chuck. And apparently Chuck went to college, he became a lawyer, he went through law school and then started a law firm, which became one of the biggest law firms in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, Jimmy on the other hand, he didn't go to school for law until after he took an online class and became a lawyer. And uh, once he graduated and he passed the bar, uh, he was represented and vouched for by his brother. Now, fast forward, Jimmy, his brother had a lot of mental anguish when he divorced his wife and it really tore him up something bad to the point where he had a heavy um, self-fulfilling psychosis issue where it was like he believed that he was allergic to electromagnetic waves and he would like turn off every single electric item in his house and he couldn't just go outside, he couldn't be around anything electronic. It just it just drove him nuts and made him want to just pass out. Now, this is a this was, this was a purely a psychological thing that he just could not pull himself out of. And I hate like like Chuck's character is so complex because you want to hate him because Chuck himself not only has done a lot of underhanded mean things to Jimmy He talks down on Jimmy, he puts him down, he he shits on his dreams and aspirations, tells him he can't do anything. But Jimmy comes by his brother's house every day and brings him ice, uh, gas and matches and things that he needs to live in the dark and being considerate of his condition, taking care of his brother, bringing him newspapers all of that every single day while living his own life. And his brother decides, hey, How about I just shit on you and tell you that you're not good and you're not gonna be a good lawyer and all you did was take an online class, you see? But Chuck, on the other hand, he, he, the the, the thing that makes his character complex is that he's just been a hard ass all his life, lost his wife, and he's going through a lot of mental trauma and whatnot because of it. But it's hard to feel sorry for him, yet, you know he's a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Now he fell into that corporate world, and he'd have forgot how to be a family man and a good brother to his brother. So much to the point where he's doing—he put Jimmy in. He said, "I vouch for him as a lawyer." Put him right into the mailroom, pushing papers with all the other interns. And then after pushing those papers, guess what? He finally getting starts lawyering, getting clients, and he's just like, "No, you can't do this. You just, you just blah blah blah." You know being negative it's crazy but um, I, I hate to spoil it I hate to spoil it but I'm gonna have to this 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 show was uh, has been running for years um, Jimmy started to get better after a while and he really was starting to use his, his electronics again he was looking good and this was after he did a bunch of underhanded mean shit to Kim and Jimmy and got them both in huge trouble and causing Jimmy to get uh, disbarred so he couldn't be a lawyer. He was suspended for like a year. It It was terrible, man. Jimmy's like not good. And now his whole, this whole like dance that they had ended with Chuck ultimately losing and Jimmy ended up winning. Well, losing less, he still got suspended for a year now the interesting thing about Jimmy and the others is that he can't Jimmy is not a bad person per se because what they usually portray and have Kim wonder and question is if he still has morality is he just taking advantage of people and fast talking all the time like or does he really feel anything is he dead inside and that's what she's wondering but this is Jimmy coping with the fact that nobody ever gave a fuck about him in the first place, you know? When you have a lot of people turn their back on you, especially if it's family, the ones you hold the most dear, the last of his family, turn their back on you, use you, take advantage of you. you. you, you, the only way to cope with that is just to assume that nobody else has feelings and they're all terrible people and I have no reason to be a good person anymore, you know? And that's how Jim is coping with the loss of his brother because his brother ultimately committed suicide. Excuse me, I, um, for anybody who have trouble with that word, I do too, um, but um, I won't be using it anymore for the rest of the pot. But yes, it's it's he because he did such a thing, um, it left a lot of people mystified. And even after such, in his will, he left Jimmy. This man built an entire firm, I'm pretty sure, If he was not a millionaire, he was definitely making six figures on the regular, or more. Listen, Chuck was a terrible person because he only left Jimmy a letter and $5,000. It's the saddest thing, but if you read between the lines about Chuck's life, he was the eldest of two boys, which means there was a lot of pressure on him for most of his life, I bet. And elder children oftentimes parrot the words, mannerisms of the parent who raised them up because oftentimes parents are either way too relaxed or way too strict on their first child, which leads to a bunch of mistakes. And that mistake is Chuck not knowing how to live and be humane. He put his career before everyone else and because of such led to his divorce. And since it led to his divorce, and he was making all this money, I'm pretty sure she took him for as much as she could take him for. So that's that's what it is. And and not to mention, you know, his personality is not that much of a bucket of sunshine. He, like I said, he's a hard ass. He was very unfair and, and, and just mean with people. And I can see why that he ended up dying alone. Like, if you treat everybody like an asset or a business you know, transaction, you treat everybody like they're lesser. You can't like get off your high horse and drop your pride. You don't want to extend good faith first or, you know, really level with people and trust them with telling them how you feel about something or, you know, and things like that. When, when, when these types of issues causes us to lose connections with people, oftentimes I think it's a cry for help and we turn people away because we get overwhelmed with socializing with people so the only way to push people only way to get rid of people is to push them away and you push them away by being mean toxic rude you know firing off at the mouth being unfair it's it's not it's it's not good and there's no and 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 that's what we get these like twisted logics like we need someone strong enough to handle us or you know good enough to handle us but it's just you it's just you and you literally push people away and then blame them because you pushed them away and that's what Chuck is Chuck is basically that person and he ended up dying alone so yeah Chuck is a very layered and dynamic character in many ways it's not easy to sum him up in a few words if you see all that there is there to be seen. And the same can be said for Saul. But I don't want to make any summarizations on uh, his character just yet. Because I haven't finished it yet. But we on season 5, we're going to get there. So yeah, uh, Better Call Saul is an amazing show. I can't think of anybody else that I could uh, dive into. Uh, for example, what characters. But we're starting to see more characters beside... Uh, what's his name? Um, Besides Hector and you know a couple others like the twins. We are starting to see more characters from Breaking Bad's universe oh and uh Gustavo we're starting to see more oh 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 and the one chick uh, uh what's her name with her hair down um the business chick that was working with Gustavo Oh man she got like that um that like high school teacher um beauty thing going on I I can't I can't even remember the character but you, you you get what I'm saying for anybody who watched the show this entire series is amazing I love it love it to death and I recommend it to anybody if you enjoy Breaking Bad or if you like good drama this is the peak of crime and drug drama television it is amazing and honestly on par with Breaking Bad it's just as good it's just as good though it would never compare to the adventures of Walter and (laughs) and, uh, 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 I was about to call that man Jimmy uh, what's his name? Jesse. Walter and Jesse's adventures will never be parallel, but this one comes real close and it's amazing by being in its own lane. So yeah, uh Better Call Saul is amazing. Let's move it forward. I'm trying my best to like search through and find the words, but that's the best words I can get you on that. Anywho, I'm gearing up to watch this new Dragon Ball Super movie. I want to see it in theaters. I really do, but I'm not sure. We just gonna have to see how that goes. Um Another thing, I feel like, let me see, what, what, was, the, what was the best thing, um, okay, what, what I've been playing this week, the best game I played this week, um, one thing I do need to address, uh, we had to take a couple of days off this week, I'm sorry y'all, we're gonna make up them streams, uh, we're gonna be good this coming week, you know, cause uh, we had uh, just a few issues and things we had to uh, pay some attention to, you know? I'm, I'm sure y'all can understand. I'm usually consistent on the stream. Um, we, what's the best uh, game I played this week? I guess we're gonna give a, a we're gonna give more we're gonna give it up on a multire assistant, man. Just throw that shit to the side, man. I kind of want to explore some more, but it's whatever. Um, we started another horror game. We played Outlast Two this week, and it was actually dope. Um, I feel like they pulled a few punches. And they didn't make it as dark as they wanted to make it and it could have been better um they should have went all the way they should have went all the way and there's a lot of little details in the game if you look at little details like um i forgot who did the analysis but certain monsters in the game are like very indicative of what they have been doing and what they're meant for and there's a lot of ritualistic um, you know demonic type of uh, things going on but it's very uh, based on a biblical sense and it's very reminiscent of the village from Resident Evil 4 but they turned it up to 11 and it's way more occultish and way darker and the people in the village basically just go skulking around and there's this one chick who follows you from time to time she's like a nemesis but she's big and damn pretty damn scary and it's hard to get away from them but outlast 2 for anyone who has played outlast 1 or watched it or know of it this game it increases the amount of things possible uh it levels up the gameplay a little bit more meaning there's more options of what you can hide in when you need to stealth around There's new mechanics with the camera. If you remember originally, the camera was used to be able to see in the dark, like a night vision type of effect. Well, not only has that returned, but there's a new mechanic where you can turn on the directional microphone on the camera. And that directional microphone will tell you where to go and how to find things when you cannot see or enemies that you need to avoid that you can't see. And you can pinpoint where they are. And there's a lot of sections that were really good where you can hide in tall, Corn stalks and you know tall grass in order to conceal yourself. But the thing is about the the corn patches is that the enemies can hide as well, especially if they come in there after you chase them. But it's so good because you can have the enemy walk right by you, like five inches away from you, and they won't see you as you skulk on by in the tall corn. Tree. So it's 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 it, uh, corn corn bushes. It's it, it's corn. I like corn. It's good. So anyway, (laughs) yeah, and besides that, uh, Outlast is amazing, man. Everything else is uh, you trying your best to find your wife who was exploring with you and you're like reporters and you're her cameraman. She's a reporter and your helicopter crashes in in these woods on a cliffside and not too far away is a village. And that's where you meet the cult. Now, the cult's motivation is to use witchcraft to impregnate a woman, a healthy woman, and then have her give birth within 24 hours of impregnation, and then murdering the babies, because they're supposed to be spawns of Satan or whatever. Now, you see this to be perfectly clear, because as you go along in the game, in about the first hour or two, you come across at the bottom of the one of the chapels, I think, there's like a big old pile of dead baby bodies burned to ash, I think. And they just been popping them out and killing them. But um, you start to think that the people are crazy and you don't know what's wrong with them. And as you progress, you come to find out that maybe it is something that they're up to, you know? And <laughs> moving forward, you have these sections that will pop up and have you, uh, basically a flashback of when you were in the school. And in that school, you start to do certain run segments and chasing this little girl from your childhood named Jessica, or hiding and running from a certain monster in the school halls. So it's strange and it's weird and it's never really explained that well until. But now, once you get to the end, you find out that the monster it looks very grotesque. It has no flesh. It's just bone and muscle sinew and and, and and a skull with these weird piercing eyes. And it has a tongue that lashes out and it's razor sharp and it can like go through anything. It it's, it's just doesn't follow the rules of physics or anything. And it's weird. I won't give all the details about that character model of that monster you're gonna have to look it up on youtube and find out but there's something very sick and twisted about that monster but um let's go back to the characters so once you get um throughout the game every time you flash back to those school halls you come to you know solving a hangman game and leaving messages behind and You start seeing images of that little girl, Jessica, hanging herself and then suddenly you start to get flashbacks of the priest in that school, Uh, father, I forget his name. Uh, He's probably Irish. Let's call him Malachy or something. And he's like, you know, very creepy because you and Jessica were playing around and talking. He's like, what are you two doing here? Do I need to call your parents? Do I need to call your father, Jessica? And, you know, Jessica starts acting weird around him. She's uncomfortable around him. And he gives off this bad, like, vibe and terrible aura. It's crazy. So Jessica basically just tries her best to avoid him. And the priest tells you, Blake, you need to go home now. Run along. I am going to report you to your mother personally, Jessica. And I need to teach you a lesson. And blah, blah, blah. He's all being creepy and stuff blake was a child at the time so he walked away and was getting ready to leave but once you get ready to leave you hear jessica scream out loud because she because as you walk away she was begging you she says, no no please don't leave me here please stay don't go please don't leave me here with him and he's like get out of here now blake i won't tell you again and she's been she's just chased up and down the hallways by this priest but the priest is not running he's just walking behind her and right then it made sense throughout the entire game you were running away but you run away from this monster in the school hallways turns out the priest or the memory of him was that monster all along so and that's why the monster is like all grotesque and lacking flesh and looking you know just nasty and his tongue being you know a weapon of sorts and it's used to kill you in several death animations throughout the game, like it's it's so sick and demented. And I feel like they really wanted to hammer it home and it was well put together all the way up until then. But right at the end of the game, when you chase Jessica to find, you finally catch up to him. they're in a stairwell and the priest is standing at the top of the stairs and she's at the bottom with her neck broken. And now she's just dead. And I, I and, and I'm like, wow, that fucking sucks. <laughs> I said, I said, that sucks. I said, wow, they were hammering at home. They were showing that the girl, you know, took her own, you know, and now it's the priest chasing after her and all this and that. And they like. You know, they, they, and, and it, was, it was pulled together, and her being uncomfortable around him and him being a creep. And it's like they wanted to pull the trigger on the story, but they had to soften it up. And that sucks, man, cause we could have had something very powerful, but oh well, she fell down the stairs and broke her neck either who um, that's what happened and you learn that the monster was the priest even more so because the priest had a scar on his head that the monster had in the exact same spot so uh, outlast 2 ends with you after realizing that you wake back up in the real world you avoid the queen who's been running the whole cult and trying her best to what was it? What was it? What was it? Uh, no, she was the uh, queen of the heretics, I think. And the heretics' uh, job was to go against the cult because they wanted the uh, demon baby to be born to bring about an apocalypse. So it's like, who's really the good guy here? They killing babies, and the other ones trying to end the world. Like, who knows? But um, the only choice you're left with at the end of the game is that you escort your girlfriend, wife. I think it's wife, and. She's impregnated when you meet back up with her. She, her stomach was hurting the first time you found her. But then toward the end of the game, she's completely pregnant, looking like she's beyond nine months. And she gives birth right there and loses her life right there on the birthing table. And the baby comes out screaming, face balled up and ugly and red with just, you know, afterbirth, I guess. And it's it's just in his arms, Blake's carrying the baby and once blake moves forward the baby just stands there and just cries but the sun just grows bigger and bigger the sky turns red and orange and bright and the sun just keeps growing until it just blinds you and engulfs the entire world and then the credits roll so there you have it um And if you look into the details, there's been, there's certain emails and stuff on the computers and stuff in the school. And there was a little detail where the girl was in a chat room with an older woman and this older woman was basically talking about how it's bad for her to get along and, and she couldn't like, you know, live with her husband because he was abusive and constantly hitting her and she was stuck in an abusive relationship but Jessica was in that same chat room and it makes you wonder why is she in this type of chat room talking about these things. And she was wondering what she could do when she was in an abuse relationship. So it seems like Jessica was getting it really bad. Her her father, the reason the priest threatened her by calling her father is because she was afraid of getting abused by her father when she gets in trouble. And the priest was no better and he was terrible. So the game ends. You're young Blake in the school again, and you meet up with Jessica, and she says a prayer in order to make sure that she will never leave Blake's side, and she will always be with him, and that's when the credits truly roll. I say Outlast was not a bad game. That They just they should have went for it, man. It would have been more powerful of a story, you know? I would have felt bad for her because of that, you know? It's one of the things that was so perfectly set up because the school was a catholic school you could tell there were motifs of crucifixes and crosses and biblical quotes and things all over the place you know and most time you would test that to be something good or a good thing you know when good people will be involved by first impression and assumption but what you have here is the complete opposite and a lot of people going through things and children that's struggling with things that they shouldn't have to struggle with it's 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 crazy but dang all in all um it's been an improvement for the first game in terms of mechanics and more things available more variety in enemy types And they even had encounters with enemies that were greater than others, kind of like boss fights. Which is a much cooler idea to change up the pace of the game compared to the first game because every single enemy was the same. And all you had to do was hide from them. I don't remember uh, that much variance except for there was a time where this big strong muscle-bound guy came along. But all in all, I found it to be about the same length as Outlast 1 or so. And it was good. It's the same graphical engine, but they've learned a bit more and they're better at using it. So they really did up their game from Outlast 1. And you will see it. You will see it. I like the uh, idea of them tackling paranormal activities, whether it be from science standpoint or occult magic or whatever. They're not afraid to you know, go out there and explore it. It's like living out an episode of the Twilight Zone in digital form, and it's pretty good. So yeah, Outlast last two, highly recommend that as well. We've been on a roll. That's a good game. Uh, this Thursday, for Throwback Thursday, we started Drill Dozer. Drill Dozer is a particularly different type of game, it's very unique from the Game Boy Advance, it's one of the later games of the Game Boy Advance release, so it's very good graphically, the sprites are nice, and the presentation is amazing, the music is amazing, the gameplay is amazing as well, now it's very different, so don't expect it to be familiar, but it is completely different, the only thing that's going to be familiar is platforming. But beyond that, the boss fights, how the character is operated and everything is completely unique and I love it. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it. it. It's an amazing game. However, I'm not looking forward to doing the achievements for hard mode because apparently hard mode is doing the entire game with only one HP and you die, you got to spend money to revive or start the stage over. I'm not too positive about that because... There's a section that is a huge dark shadow on the overall game where you you get this propeller and you can start flying through the air and there's a boss fight with this weather machine and that weather machine shoots this lightning that's so hard to dodge. It killed me repeatedly for like almost an hour. It was a terrible boss fight. It was one of the worst things I ever experienced. Like I, I they made mechanics to make the boss fight possible, but they were overzealous in its implementation. So what I meant by all of that, excuse me for using big words. uh, What I mean by that is, they give you the ability to uh, hover and stop in place, but your acceleration when you propel yourself in the air is so slow that it's hard to get past obstacles at times. And the obstacles in this boss fight in particular were bolts of lightning being shot from the sides of the screen. And it happens in like four separate locations the fourth location is right on the boss where you are supposed to do the damage to it and it was so difficult to finish i had to damage boost and just just tank the hits in order to finish that and it was it was not good so having to do that with one hp i'm not looking forward to that and honestly i'm Thinking about putting this one down and, and and go for different achievements. Maybe some other game. I, I might I might pick something else up if I if I struggle with it too hard. Um, but other than that, man, I feel like I could do something else. Anywho's beyond that, um, I'm trying to decide. Y'all, let me know. Ring in on this if uh, we still got some Resident Evil games to play. But I also have the Batman Arkham trilogy. So would you like us to start that or start Resident Evil you let me know uh, in any form of fashion put it in the comments uh, if you don't have a way to uh, put it in the comments if you're not watching this on YouTube I don't care tweet it to me or you know in the discord if you're in our discord server at the save slot go ahead and let me know I would love to take requests and see where it goes we have at our disposal resident evil revelations one we have at our disposal resident evil revelations two we also need to do resident evil Co veronica x and or maybe we might just do Co veronica on the drink. i'm not sure yeah maybe and a lot of other stuff so it's, it's it's a lot on the plate and i can't wait to start eating now that being said um i need to take a few minutes to be fair with y'all um, I've been fighting some anxiety lately y'all. And I've made some decisions or chose not to make decisions that I wasn't proud of, but I made them and I'm not blaming nobody. So whatever led me to make that decision, I'm gonna trust that I made the right decision. Just on my gut, I can tell. So right now I've been fighting some things, some heavy anxiety. And Wednesday, this past Wednesday, I did not stream. And Friday, I did not stream either because I don't know what it was. I started up OBS. I had it open right in front of me, but I just I just felt terrible. I had a full night's rest. I went for a morning walk. I showered, cooked, cleaned. I did almost everything. And then I sat down, got ready to stream. And for some reason, I just felt like I was mentally suffocated. I did not want a person to go live, but for some reason. And I just I just couldn't, I just couldn't. And the, and, the, and the moment I just said no, I felt like I spent even more energy trying to make myself do it. So the moment I said, no, I can't do it. I don't feel good today. I immediately passed out and went to bed. I didn't wake up until like way later that night. And I don't know why that whole entire day together, I slept like 12 hours and don't know why. And it's, and my sleep schedule has been ruined, but we're good. It's not exactly ruined. It's not that bad. I can at least be more productive um, with the way it is now, but I, I just didn't, I just didn't feel too good, y'all. I just didn't feel too good. So please understand and I want to apologize to y'all. Uh, we are still on the ball and we're going to get back at it. Like we never left, you feel me? So yeah, get ready. Um, I might end up picking up a detox game to play just to feel better. Cause going by a schedule, even though it benefits us, I sometimes I just want to play some different shit, you know? Just from just for my mental, some feel good. I actually, yeah, I might end up playing Batman or Resident Evil. It depends. I'm just gonna play something that makes me feel good. Anywho's, um. Other than that, um, gearing toward another review, most likely that review will be Outlast, or I'll see, I, I the Mortuary Assistant review has been canned since the game is kind of buggy, and it's hard to really get back in, but we'll see. Otherwise, y'all take care. I got nothing else to say. The news is actually nothing going on. There's a trailer for Blacksmith, uh, for. Um, for a uh, not black myth a uh, wukong trailer is out that's about all that i've seen that's worth anything everything else is just talking about the new last of us tv series and the new stray game and yeah new dragon ball movie of course there's a lot but um lately what i've been doing in order to just feel a little better i've just been um fuller you would be surprised but i've been fooling around with fortnite and the only reason i booted it up was because of the dragon ball z event and i'm just going around trying to collect dragon balls in order to get these emotes and hoping for a way to get the skins for goku or not but i might live without it i mean the goku model isn't the best but i been having me a bit of fun. I've been tearing things up, so that's what counts. And yeah, um, this is hopefully I can get some relaxation for the rest of this Monday, and we'll be back to right reign rain. Um, y'all take care, and I will see you tomorrow in the stream. And for those who are listeners, I'll see you next monday and with all that being said y'all know what it is i love peace and head grease hug your nephew and love your niece and always remember the channel motto intentions are the most important actions ain't nothing but loud and words don't mean a damn thing y'all take care of yourselves and peace